chapter 2 and let's just read one simple verse verse 17 Revelation 2 and 17 while you're getting there amen on those announcements uh, that 7th uh, is that first weekend of September uh, that first service that's that morning service Brother Coots will be here I've never heard Brother Coots preach personally but he's an evangelist and I hear really really good things about his ministry so the 7th that is the 7th of September I believe that is and then that night is the first it's the first Sunday night that we're going to have and Brother Johnson is preaching that night Amen. Young people, why don't you help us, students, why don't you help us get a crowd of people? It, it doesn't matter where they're from, where they go to, if they go to church, it doesn't matter. We want to bless them. We want to pray over every student that's going out. And school is just one of the toughest, hardest places to live for God and keep straight on the doctrine because they don't preach what we preach and teach where they think it's it's just nonsense, all right? And so you can lose your religion while you're getting your education. And so we want to pray for you that you will be a great witness to the kingdom of God. And so that's an important time that you be here and tell everybody you can, especially students, amen, to be here on that Sunday. And then Sunday night, we're going to come back here on a Sunday night. That's the old way. Sunday night service. Let me tell you what happens on Sundays, and y'all know how I feel about services, multiple services. You get one good Sunday service, say like we have in the last few Sundays, just Holy Ghost. And then you go home. I don't know what you do when you go home. But most of us don't go to church. All right? But if you would come back there, and it's, it's tough to come on Sunday night sometimes. In fact, most of you won't be here that night. It's a night off. But if you decide to bite the bullet and, you know, not take your nap too long, just get you a little nap, a whole day, whole days for God. You get back here, you drag in here on Sunday night some of the most powerful, some of the most awesome moves of the Holy Ghost takes place on Sunday night. What, what, what happens? Let me tell you what happens. It, it's kind of like layers. That's why camp meetings and youth camps are so good. That's why kids pray through that normally would not pray through in a regular church. Because you're in service after service after service. You can break through some things. See, we just get started on Sunday morning. I know some of y'all right here right now ain't hearing me. You ain't having. That's okay. That's up to you. I'm just telling you how to get victory. I'm telling you how to get a breakthrough personally. You know, you know, folks, listen. I did, I've been doing this lately, and I'm not apologizing for it. Just kind of feel the anointing leading in some places. You see, we, we want the blessing without the sacrifice. We, we, you know, we, want, we don't like the cross part of it. That's the pain and the shame. We don't want that. But, but if, if you want to use a typology here, the old sacrifice in the Old Testament, they built the sacrifice, and they're looking, you know, at some point for the fire to fall. And it did. But folks, listen. The fire doesn't fall until first you put the sacrifice on the altar. We in Christianity nowadays don't want the sacrifice. It, it, it hurts too much. It costs too much. I have to submit to do that. And let me tell you what 
parents, let me tell you, that rebellion we've got and that lighting up, we pass that on down to our children. You tell them, oh, it'll be all right. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. You'll pass that on down. And it would be really good if you got the victory. If you prayed through to the point where you're willing. You know, like the rich young ruler, when God said, sell all that you have and give it to the... You know what? God didn't want his money. You think God needs money? God wanted him to let money be his God. And God wanted to be his God. I have a theory about that. If the young man would have said, oh, just wait right here. Let me go get... Jesus would have probably said, no, no, that's okay. I just wanted to check and see if you'd do it. And some of us are so afraid it's going to cost us. And God would probably say, no, that's okay. You just be willing to do it. You can have all the money. I don't need it. I just want to bless you. Hallelujah. Just want to bless you. God's trying to bless us today. Amen. Revelation chapter 2 verse 17. He that hath an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. That good idea, isn't it? Get the Spirit moving. Spirit gets to talking to us. Hallelujah. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth saving he that receiveth it. Something spiritual taking place here. God wants to have a, God is a spirit. And he wants to have a spiritual relationship with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I need, I need the hand of the Lord to help me with this. I've, I have notes which I could use, but if I don't need them, then maybe, I, maybe I'll just kind of, I don't know. I just like for the spirit to feed you, to heal you, to give you strength. Amen. I'd like for you to receive that. Amen. At some point in this message, amen, in Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look, look, let's do one more. Let's just shed a little more. Let's release a little more faith. Amen. Look over at somebody and just, just say, you know, say God's trying. He's, he's, trying, he's trying to get through. He's trying. He says, open the door just a little bit more. Let him in. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith in the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth. Amen. Sister Garland, so good to see you here. Bless you. You wasn't your name wasn't you're not a guest, but but you're certainly welcome here and all the rest of you God bless you these words were written to the church just to save a little time because there's a, a quite a bit of writing before this but these words were written to the church at Pergamos Pergamos was a city that was located on that vast land bridge connecting the continents of Europe and Asia and Africa amen and this this land bridge uh, just a little short study tells us that it was home to all sorts of influences and, and all types of culture because this was a, a travel uh, road through here, going to different continents and parts of the world. And, of course, the, the Bible lets us know that Pergamos was a sinful and a wicked place. History tells us that also. And so my thoughts are 
uh, you know, to those of us who are trying to be holy and trying to live as best we can, and, and I'm certainly not trying to discourage that because we all need, we have room for some adjustments and we, we can always do it a little better than what we're doing it right now. That's the, that's the attitude that we should have. But I'm wondering what, you know, you know we, we, can, we can work on this thing, but we never seem to get it right. We never get it all the way. And that's why we continue to have to trust and depend on God to help us with this. This is the case with the churches, the seven churches of Asia, the Bible calls them. And Pergamos was one of them that we find God. Somebody think, man, God done departed. They spot a sin or two or an individual who is not totally right with God, at least according to their judgments. And they, they would pronounce God is nowhere near that. No, here, here are these churches as God spoke to them. We find God in the midst of them. Now, I'm not trying to add anything or take anything away from the Scripture, and I'm not certainly not trying to justify the wrong, especially that, that God called them on. Yet, He was there, and He continued to be there. Do you all hear me? Amen. In the middle of imperfect churches, churches, by the way, amen, God was there in the midst of them. You know, and, and back on this Pergamos thing, you know, it being a wicked place and an evil place, what this is the questions that I that come up with me. What kind of self-respecting person would want to live in a place like that? Why would I mean especially Christians, but but here's the thought. Oddly enough, think about it. Revival churches have always flourished in places just like Pergamos. Because the, the darker it gets the brighter the light shines. Amen. Amen. And, and so people, Christians, in other words, there was a church. But the temptation is great in places like this. Jesus speaks to that in chapter 2 and verse 13. He said, Satan's throne is there. And here's what he said. Yet you have not denied my name. God was so good. Amen. In fact, he has it down to perfection. He knows how to get his points across that's not just right, things he's not pleased with, but yet he brings out a positive. You talk about a, a, a spokesperson, amen, that can get the job done. He, he, he gives them, you know, a little bit of hope here in the middle of all of the rebuke. Amen. Amen. You know, he, he challenges the church. Amen. You've not denied my name. That's a good thing. Aren't you glad that we know who he is and what his name is and, and, and how to get, you know, what we need? We use that name. Hallelujah. Amen. He challenged the church for their compromising ways, though. Now, now notice something here. Jesus did not ask them to clean up their city. Jesus was asking them to clean up their church. Let's get some things straight and get some things right. Let's not be slouchy about our living for God. If we're going to do this thing, let's do it. Let God continue to lead us. He didn't like the, and I'll just do this to kind of build a little foundation and so you'll kind of get the idea. You know, he didn't like this going along to get along with Balaam influence here. Oh, just didn't, you know, just, it's okay. And he, in other words, he didn't like the you're okay and I'm okay message. 
always room for improvement, always, you know, some adjustments to make, and we can pray a little more, and, and we don't need to just let that fast day slide. We, we're all of us just about it's too fat, you know, and we just eat, and, and the Bible talked about people whose God is their bellies, and, and, you know, that's one of the signs of the end time, eating, drinking. Everybody's like, you, we've all, yeah, but no, 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 it's a deal now. We just eat too much now marrying, giving in marriage. I don't think that was just thrown in there. Amen. He also nailed the Nicolaitans who seemed to preach God doesn't care how we live. I mean, I'm just summing this up. It's, it's just a lot of things about these things, but, but this is generally what he was saying. No, no. God does care how we live. It does matter what we speak and what comes out of our mouth. Too much in the Bible. It does matter that if we're modest or immodest to God. Amen. Too much of that just left alone. And nobody, you know, we don't have a right to have an ugly spirit or a bad spirit. But I just feel like there's folks, amen, still living in this world, amen, that comes to church, amen. And they would take good reprimand, amen. And they would, they wouldn't, they would submit and surrender to, to a, a dress code and a dress standard, amen. Nobody said that's a heaven or hell issue, but they wouldn't take offense to that. They would say, thank God that somebody cares enough, amen, to set up some kind of a standard. Do you know there's dress codes for everything? You work on your jobs. There's dress codes. Amen. Sister Kelly, there's probably a dress code where you work at the bank. I said it the other day. Nobody wants to submit. Nobody wants to go, oh, I have to get. Listen, let me tell you what. You submit to the state police when they pull you over. When those blue lights start going, guess what? You can't, ooh, let me get pulled over here. You just submitted to a state policeman. You submit to the IRS. Oh my! If you get the right kind of letter in the mail, it's got that looks. Even looks kind of like. Oh my God! What are they? You know, because they can go for blood. Somebody said you can't get blood out of the turnip. They take the turnip, <laughs> and we respect it. You know what we do? We submit to it. And I, there's a list of things we can go down and tell us what we all submit to. Yet we walk in the house of God. And the man of God has prayed all week, given his life to this thing, studied the word of God. Amen. And we're so afraid he's going to ask us to do something we don't want to do. Folks, listen, we're talking about eternal things here. Amen. We're, we're talking about heaven and hell in some places here in the scripture. So if of all places, we ought to surrender to God. Amen. And say, God, here I am. Amen. Here's the sacrifice. Take whatever you want. Hallelujah. That's how you get the blessing, by the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To those with a desire to overcome, the Lord promised hidden manna. Could we call that, if it's hidden, could we call that secret strength? Doesn't show on the outside too much. Maybe not at all. It's hidden. When something is hidden, it means it is not visible. It, it has not been made manifest, maybe. It's not something showy. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be something that says, Oh, look at me. Look how spiritual I am. Look how godly I am. None of that. Amen. It's hidden manna. He promised something else to his people in our scripture text. 
he promised a white stone. That's always kind of bothered me because I really didn't know what it meant. What is this white stone? What does it mean? Did a little, a little short study. Now, listen, there are many scholars, I, I, I'm aware of that, who are smarter than I am, who have different ideas. If you got to studying about this, you're going to come up with all kind of things on this, on this white stone and what its purpose and what its meaning was. I, so, I, listen, I'll just throw in my two cents worth, if it's all right with you, all right? I, I, I'll just throw something in here, and my intentions are not to, you know, I'm not a Bible scholar. I am a Bible student, okay? That's the way I like to look at myself, amen. But I, I have a thought on this subject, and, and if you will, in ancient Rome, in the Roman times, a token was used called a tessera. Now, I, I should have known this by now, but I've been looking at this lately and, and kind of looking at it. But the word tessera has something to do with four, like it's got four corners. And so it's a small tablet of wood, bone, ivory used by the ancient Romans. You can get this out of Webster's, by the way, all right? Ancient Romans, it, it was used as a ticket or a voucher or a means of identification. Came right out of Webster's, okay? It was used as a ticket of admission to theaters, to banquets. It could be used personally. But at times, emperors, powerful people, they would actually throw such tokens into the midst of a large crowd. Maybe it was a political thing. Man, we're going to vote for him. Not that it would matter. We're for him. We're with him. But he was giving, okay? Each tessera was engraved with the image of a prize. Some tesserae, or that's plural for tessera, offered its holder gold, garments, horses, you know, of course, maybe even other provisions, but it was, was kind of like a credit card you could get, but yet there was no interest, and you didn't have to pay it back. Oftentimes... <clears throat> Such a tessera was given to gladiators as a certificate of freedom. And I, something just caught my attention right here. Now, just paper or what they had was parchment back in the day. It, it wouldn't work. That wouldn't do. Why? Because it had to be more permanent. It had to be something that would withstand the weather, the rain, the hardships. Amen. What it had to go through, the elements. The tessera was given to the poor as a token to receive rations of grain. I mean, who's this for? The Bible says it. To those who overcome the forces of compromise. Right, hey, and don't worry. The kind of God that we're looking at here that offered this to overcomers, he has more than enough to go around. Amen. We, we, we got to get the nature of this. I'm going slow on purpose here. Listen, this, this promise that God will give you this quote-unquote credit card here with no interest and you don't even have to pay it. It's a gift. I'm going to give this to overcomers. Amen. And, 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 and he has a large storehouse. Folks, listen, the well of the Lord is deep. Don't worry about your little blessing that you get from him. You're not going to bankrupt God. He owns it all. Hallelujah. The Bible said the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. We preached a while back. When we get to all this, when we finally figure out who all this belongs to, 
then we won't worry about him. Oh, well, I don't know if he's got, I don't know if it's, no, no, he has plenty. Amen. Horticulturists, watch just the nature. Amen. Watch his types. Horticulturists are people who know about plants and growing things. They say that it takes about 30 leaves on an apple tree to produce a Jonathan apple, about 30 leaves. Now, my wife likes, you know, the red delicious apples. Takes a few more. Takes about 50 leaves to produce that delicious apple. Y'all know that? Sometimes you might think, maybe we're going to strip all these leaves off just so this apple. No, the apple needs that. It draws in the nutrients in the air for that fruit to grow and produce. 50 leaves for a, for a delicious apple. Yet a mature apple tree comes equipped with about 100,000 leaves. I mean, what are you saying? I'm saying God gives many more than what is needed to produce its fruit. God gives not only that enough, but he gives extra. That's just, that, that's just some things in the world and in the natural that, that, that we can see, you know, the nature of God. Why? Amen. God's taking care of us. Listen, ground-nesting birds such as a quail, a pheasant, or a duck, they don't, they don't get up in trees. Ducks, some ducks do, but many ducks and, and other birds lay their, put their nest on the ground. They lay more eggs than necessary. A female brook trout will lay over 5,000 eggs to assure the preservation of the species. God seems to insist that each of his creations has more than enough. Hallelujah. Let me just give you one more. And each breath of air we breathe, if we were at sea level, there's about 78% nitrogen, about 21% oxygen, and 1% trace elements. That's 14 times the amount of oxygen that a person needs in each lung full of air. 14 times more than we need. God is love. And because of that, amen. You know what love does? Love gives. God, amen. God's giving is part of who he is. We need to understand this. Somebody said it the other day. Sometimes folks wear a badge of poverty. Somebody lives on the wrong side of the track, and you can't hogtie them and pull them on the right side of the track. They was born in poverty, raised, and you can't get them out of poverty. Why? Their thinking is, I'm just a poor person. Well, you know what? You don't have to be poor. There used to be an old song many, many years ago, an old-timey song. Hey, man, I'm a poor rich man. Because with God, I'm a millionaire. Listen, you can have all the money in the world and be poor in the sight of God. You can have nothing and have God and be rich, amen, and wealthy in the sight of God. Listen, if you've got God, it don't matter if you've got money or not. Hallelujah. Amen. For God to stop giving is for God to cease to exist, cease to be God. Amen. He's God and giving is a part of him. Amen. The scripture said, for God so loved the world, what did he do? That he gave. 
Just part of it. Luke 11 and 10, for everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be open to him. Listen, you don't have to submit to that spirit of poverty. And I believe that's exactly what it is. It is a spirit of poverty. I'm down here. I'm, I've always been down here. This, I guess I'll, no, you don't have to stay down. How do we do all of that? How do we get out of this? How do we get started? I'm going to tell you where it starts. It starts, and this is what we don't like. Amen. But I'm just going to preach it, and you can do whatever you want to with it. It starts with repentance. Revelation 2 and 16. Here's what he's saying right prior to our scripture text. One verse prior. Repent or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. You know, I just have a little thought on this. On this, I'll fight. What does God mean? I'm going to fight against you with my. You know what? People who don't support the church with their just use finances. Don't support. In my own evaluation of that thing, when people walk out of the church, are they still be in the church and just stop paying their tithes or stop supporting? You just stepped outside of the blessings of God. Somebody says, God sends people to hell. That's what I, No, no, God doesn't send anybody to hell. God brings us to the crossroad. You can take the road to hell or you can take the road. It's your choice. We send ourselves wherever we're going. And so we can bless our finances. We can bless our families. And it is a choice that starts with repentance. I mean, just carry it a little further than that. Our nation... By the decisions we have made, just in, I mean, it's like, uh, I, I can't watch the news, you know, I can go online on my, on my, right here on my iPad, and it's just one negative thing after another, wars going on, it's just things falling apart, it seems like, I, I can't watch too much of that, because I get frustrated and aggravated, and, and but, so I have to get right back on the things of God, but because of the changes of some laws. It looks like the, the church is being assaulted every way we turn, disrespected every way we turn. There's men working right now to be able to tax the church. The churches that constantly give. We give to home missions. We give to foreign missions. We give to mothers. Many of you don't know that. There's a percentage of everything we are, we are, that comes out of that you give that goes somewhere giving it to somebody. I know that we're uh, you know, we're classified as a smaller church. Uh, there's many of our churches give large amounts of money. But percentage-wise, we do pretty well here. We, we are truly a nonprofit. And so people don't know. George Bush understood that or his, or his people uh, understood that he, when that came up. He said, you take the churches out and what they give, amen, it would bankrupt this country. They feed the poor. They have, you know, soup kitchens and dinners and they help people and they have shelters. And, and, but, but there's folks right now that's working against that. They want that to be taxed. It's going to tax especially small churches right out of business. Amen. And because of that, in my opinion, amen, this church, this, this country is $17 trillion in debt to China and some other countries. We are, we, you know, they own us almost. And, it act, and they act like, people act like it doesn't bother. They're passing new laws that cost us more money. And it seems like the only alternative they have is just raise taxes. Just suck it out of the turnip or get the turnip. Doesn't matter. 
because of this, I, I have my own feelings. That's why we're in debt. $17 trillion. Our children and grandchildren are going to have to deal with all of that. Why? Because people are disrespecting God, disrespecting His Word, making, you know, uh, you know same-sex marriage is legal right now. And, and if you don't go along with that, then you're a, you know, you're a hater and you preach hate and, you know, the whole, you know, the whole ball of wax. Amen. Listen, we need to repent I said we need to repent, and that's what that's what God was saying here in Revelation chapter two. Amen. Amen. Repentance is in verse 16. The promise is in verse 17. You want to get something from God? It starts with repentance. On the day of Pentecost, when the when the promise had finally made it and, and the Holy Ghost was being poured out and people finally got to the point, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Guess what it started with? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And then you'll receive the promise. Repentance always precedes the promise. Listen, on the other side of repentance is a gift. On the other side of giving up our will is God's will. On the other side of losing our rights is the power of God. You want a miracle, powerful moving of the presence of God in your midst? Guess what? It starts with surrendering. It starts with giving up. It starts with repentance. I have to do this. Amen. What is repentance? What is it? I know we, it's the same definition. I'm going to say it in a different way. Repentance is an honest estimate of oneself and a clear vision of who God is. I know that we talk about repentance means that's basically what it happens when you see repentance. You move, you go this way and then you repent. That means you're going this way. But, but, but we need to have an honest estimate. I mean, do I need to? Sure, you need to repent. Hallelujah. When, hey, hey, let me show you this. When Isaiah saw God's glory, he recognized his own unworthiness. You know, you know if you're not repenting, you don't understand repentance, you're going to be preaching to you. Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing, I'm doing all right. That's a sign you're not in God's presence. You, you know my old, my old way. I've been doing this for years. Carol, you can remember. Donna especially. You've heard it a jillion times. I shake hands with a person. How you doing? You know, you know, oh, I, I, you know, I, just, I, you know I just need to pray more. I'm like, in my spirit, I'm like, you're doing all right. <laughs> and I, I shake hands with a person the same. Like, How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And, I, and I don't say it out loud, but in my mind, like, you need to pray. You really need to get close to God. That's how it works. The closer you get to God, the more unworthy you see yourself. The more you feel like, oh, I need to do more for God. I, I didn't pray enough this week. I've, I've skipped my fast day. I, oh, God, I just need to get in that altar. I need, but if you're not close to God, you're like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm going. Leave me alone, preacher. Don't, don't be meddling with me. Don't mess with me. I don't want to go to the altar. I'm worn out and I'm tired. I'm doing okay. After all, we're saved by grace, remember? Nobody's perfect. We've sung that old song <laughs> till we wore it slap out. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Hallelujah. We wore the chorus out. The verses are gone. But Isaiah, when he saw God's presence, he cried, woe is me. 
for I am undone. That's what the presence of God will do. Oh, God, I need you. Hallelujah. Why would we want to repent and surrender to him? Listen, he is offering us the white stone. (laughs) That's why. Hallelujah. Now, this part is very interesting to me. This is kind of more like teaching than preaching. Maybe we could call it treaching. Hallelujah. A tessera was taken. Now, this was, they used them in different ways. That's what I'm trying to get across here, but it was basically the same thing. This, this tessera was taken and broken in half. The patron wrote his name or whatever kind of identifying mark he might have had on his half. The recipient, that's us, wrote his name on the other half. Now, remember, it's broken. At some future time of need, the recipient merely had to match his portion with the patron's portion, and the patron's generosity was assured. One was not expected to pay the gift back. There was no interest. Hallelujah. Now, you have to understand, it was not based on the recipient's good name, but on the patron's good name. I mean, now, when was the stone broken? I'm gonna, this is going to be just about it. We, gotta, we, we need to understand that there's, there's some things available to us. And I, I want to know how to get them. I, I want to know how to break through this thing. I want to know how to keep the Spirit of the Lord flowing in this place. You know, that, that's how you tell whether there's a, it's a revival church. If, if, it's, you know, if it's really, really hard for people to get the Holy Ghost, that's a sign you don't have the Spirit of the Lord moving right. Because this is a gift, folks. It was never intended for folks to, to tarry for the Holy Ghost. Now, they, the only place in the Bible we have tarrying is in the book of Acts, before it was ever poured out the first time. You'd never hear after that. Now, they were tearing because nobody received it except John the Baptist in his mother's womb. But after, after they tarried those seven days or, uh, you know, before it was poured out on the day of Pentecost in the upper room, no more tarrying. We actually, I remember churches that would actually have tarrying services. Well, that's all right for a move of the Holy Ghost and pray and like we do in our prayer. But you don't tarry for the Holy Ghost to come on a person. Tenth chapter of the book of Acts. While Peter was still preaching, the Bible said, the Holy Ghost fell on all. He didn't even get done with his preaching. Fell on all of them that heard the word. We need to, there's, there's a key word in there. That's heard. That's heard. If you can hear it, you can have it. Why? It's a gift from God. And when and somebody offers you a gift, you don't have to tarry and beg for it. You just say, thank you. I appreciate that so much. You're so kind and you're so nice and you receive it. That's why I don't mind telling people they can have the Holy Ghost. You know, and you got it because that looks like it. It sounds like it. So that's what it must be what it is. Don't be afraid and intimidated to tell somebody they have the Holy Ghost if that's what it is. Now, if it's not, don't be telling them it is. That's just to make a judge, judgment here, and that's what we do. Amen. Hallelujah. When was the token broken? When, when was it? Again, this is just kind of my feelings here, and I'll see how you feel about it. At Calvary, 
the rock was smitten. Jesus is the rock. Hallelujah. If I can just use this here. If I don't hope I'm not taking this out of context. When did I take on his name? We take on his name at baptism. That's why we make such a big deal. And I know there's folks who say it don't matter how you get baptized. It doesn't even matter if you do get baptized. We're, we're, we'll just tell you right now. We're pretty dogmatic about that. That's too much in the Bible about it. Amen. When we climb in that water of baptism and, and we go down in that watery grave. Amen. When somebody calls the name of Jesus Christ over us. We take on the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so you got two things done here. Amen. Now, when did he take my name? Remember, the white stone, the tesser was broken. Amen. And he's got my name and I've got, when, when, when does he take my name? Amen. At salvation, when God filled me with the Spirit, my name was written in his book of life. Hallelujah. He has my name and I have his name. It's a... It, it looks like the white stone scenario to me. Amen. Amen. It, it, it looks like that, my, that I've got my American Express here with no interest, no limit. Amen. And I don't have to worry about paying it back if I'll just repent of my sins. If I'll begin to, we can't get there. We can't never, we can never get to the place where we're perfect. We just rapture. Amen. But, but when we begin to go in the right direction, Amen. The word Christian itself comes from the word Christ-like. I have no idea we can ever attain that, but we can at least give it a shot. Let's just not say, well, nobody's perfect. Don't matter how you live. Doesn't matter how you act. Doesn't matter if you come to church. No, no. All of that does matter. Amen. Hallelujah. He has my name, and I have his name. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, with my name written, let me just, let me close with this while we're standing together. I'm, I, it's just going to be about as simple a message as you've ever heard, all right? It's just about it. This is why we make such a deal about people being filled with the Spirit. Do you know, I, I'm, I think my spirit's right here. I, I, I wouldn't sling mud. If you sling mud, you lose ground. Wouldn't do that. But do you know most major, well, all of the major, what we call Pentecostal organizations right now, whether it's Assemblies of God, Church of God, Full Gospel, whatever you want, cares, man, do you know that all of them nowadays, for the most part, they make the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Spirit, optional? It's optional. When you, when they hear you talking, now this is just, this is, this is out there. This is, you read the books, their books. It, you need to know this, folks. I'm not saying this to hurt them or throw stones. I'm not doing, but you need to understand this. You, you need to find you a Jesus name, Holy Ghost, one God, apostolic. Now, folks come here that don't have it, and that's their business. And I'm not going to hammer them over the head if they don't come do get it like. No, that's fine. But you need to know. Amen. Jesus said, without my spirit, you don't belong to me. 
Now, you know, when I, when I decided to go to church, I decided to give my life to the Lord, I, I'd like to belong to Him. And so whatever I need to do to get in alignment with the Scripture, I, you know, somebody help me here because I'm going to be doing that. But it seems like we've taken on the authority somehow. Well, you don't need to do that. You don't need. You can do this, but that's good if you do that. But you don't have to. Who who gave people the authority to do that? It seems like the blind are leading the blind, and you know they're all headed for the ditch. And so, a huge percentage of these churches, you know, they accept the Lord as their personal savior. You know, I've been preaching this for years. I heard Bishop Wright put that on on one of his uh, writings he does on, uh, I don't know if it's Facebook or whatever it is, uh, Twitter maybe. You know, no place in the Bible, nope, not one place in the whole Bible does the Scripture ever tell us to accept Christ as our personal Savior. Do you know probably, I don't know, maybe 90%, I don't know, it could be a lot. Most Christians, they think, They've done that, and they, that does it. You don't need to do nothing else. What, what about all of this that's in here? Hallelujah. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. And you shall, not, not you might or maybe. No, you shall receive this gift of the Holy Ghost. Starts repentance. Next is baptism. That's who we are, folks. Hallelujah. Folks, I... I Listen, this thing that God offered us, this white stone, you know what it comes down to is simply this. Amen. Listen, everything, I close with this right here. Everything he has is mine. Everything he has is mine. But it starts with repentance. And I I confess to you, none of us want to do that. We don't want, our flesh doesn't want to do that. But that's what it says. Hallelujah. But if I could just get, that's why we need to have good church. Brother Green, that's why we need to pray all week for, for, for church on Sunday. That's why Thursday night has got to be directed, Brother Thompson. God, we got to have a move of your spirit. Amen. I hope the preaching's good. I hope the worship's good. But God, whatever happens, whoever preaches good or bad or mediocre, whatever happens, God, we have to have your spirit in this service. We have to create the atmosphere. And when the presence of the Lord gets here, you know what? We can be a little different. We can argue about scriptures. You can believe one thing, and I can believe something else. And, Brother Chad, we can learn how to just deal with it and live with each other like we are. That's the diversity, and all that's okay. But when God's presence gets to this place, and we're caught up in the midst of his presence, you know what we'll do? We'll, say, we'll do just like Isaiah. Woe is me in your presence, God. I don't know when to come in. I don't know when to go out. I'm a man of unclean lips. He didn't know what to say. And he admitted that. He didn't know how to preach. Didn't know how, but you know what? The angel went and flew and got a coal off the altar, hot coal, and brought it and touched his lips with it. You know what? God will put words in your mouth. This is more than just 
just rattling on and taking up space. Amen. We're creating the presence. Amen. The atmosphere for the Spirit of the Lord to move. And then when you get in God's presence, all those things you're fussing about and having a struggle with, then you just say, oh, God, oh, God, I'm so glad to be in your presence. It feels good in this place. And God can do what I can't do. God can do what the music can't do. And that's what we're dependent on today. Amen. I'm just going to open this altar right now. And while you're coming, amen, grab a friend coming just for a minute or two. Amen. I want to say something to you. Amen. We're going to bring whatever we're struggling with. Amen. Whatever weakness God's pointed out to us. Whatever guilt that our flesh puts on us. We'll just bring that to the altar too. Hallelujah. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Amen. Let let me help some of y'all. Let me help some of y'all out and get down the middle right here. You know what? Our sins, we ought to be convicted over them. We ought to be guilty because we are guilty. If we got blatant sins that we're committing against God, the Ten Commandments is the purest form of God's law. Purest form. I'm not saying any other is not important. I'm just saying you want to get right down to the the, the nitty-gritty. That's what it's at. If you're doing that and breaking the Ten Commandments, you need to repent over that and be done. Let me tell you how the enemy works. There will be things that, you know, it's just human. It's just human. I'm not going to name. I'm not planning on naming a thing. Really not that bad. But the enemy will take a hold of it, and if he can use that on you, he will beat you over the head with it. He will beat you up with it to the place where you're so ashamed you can't get your head up. There's no way you could shout and run the aisles and dance because you are too guilty over something that's just really not a big deal. I didn't intend to say that. But, but I'm really, really reaching out for somebody that's been beat up and you're guilty and that's what the devil's business is to hammer you because he don't want you to break loose with a victory shout. He don't want you to witness. He don't want you to give praise. Boy, this is a different kind of a, this is a, different kind of a service today. May, may, I don't know, maybe I'm doing a bad job or maybe I'm, I'm doing a really good job and you're just listening. Anybody ready to just break out? Anybody to say, you know what? I want that gift, God, that white stone. Amen. I've got my half right here. Amen. I have repented. I have gone to the water of baptism. I have been filled with the Spirit. I've got my half right here. I'm ready to connect it to the half that you have. you got my name and I've got yours. Think, Think about it just a minute. Think about it. If I can just put this in context a little, if I could make this a little clear. What, what, what about in ancient times? Dad passed away. Here's the kids. They don't have much. They maybe have a family business. It's going under. It's just, you know, there's no way we can run this business. We're poor. We have nothing. We were just barely making it when Dad was here running the business. And we all just worked for, I don't know, just just, just nothing. We're, you know, we're going to have to be sold into slavery or poverty. or We're in poverty. And they're digging through the old trunk. And they're getting the little things out. This belonged to Dad. And, this, and somewhere down in the bottom, 
of that old dusty, ratty trunk. Something white was down there. It, it, and when they dust pulled it out, dusted it off, it was the tessera. It was a half, and it had a name on it. And it was someone who was the wealthiest man in the country. Listen, we were hopeless. We were helpless. There was no way out of this. We were downtrodden. Amen. We were headed for slavery probably before this is all over with. But we found this thing down. I, I think that's what God wants to do with some of us. Amen. Just because you've been through a few things, don't give up on God. I, because we have this thing, folks. I believe we have the right message. I've always preached this. If we have the wrong spirit, we're going to nullify all of that. If we think we're better than anybody else, then we're going we're gonna to kill it all, destroy it all. But, but with this gospel message from the Bible, if we keep the spirit of the Lord moving in us, if we keep on repenting, if we beat a path to this altar, if you, every service, when you get here, if you say, you know what, I can't wait till he stops preaching because I want to go to the altar again. What are you doing? I'm, re I'm keeping everything right and open. So when the time comes, Brother Morgan talked about it the other night. Nothing wrong with the church. To all those people that come in and find this wrong with it. it ain't nothing wrong with the church. Well, I prayed and didn't get my prayer. You know what? Nothing wrong with it. It's a matter of timing. Be not weary and well-doing. It's all a test, folks, for in due season. You're going to reap if you faint not. The faint word faint there simply means if you don't quit. People get discouraged. There's folks who ought to be here right now because they just didn't think God was moving fast enough. Let me tell you something. If God thinks you're going to just bargain with him and use that as a guess what? He'll just stop. You know why? Because he's God, and he needs to teach us and train us God, I'm going to stay here ever how long it takes. When you get ready, God, I'll be here. I'm going to hang in here and be a blessing to the people of God as long as I can and as much as I can. I, listen, if it's your will, I'll just die poor. If you want to bless me, that's okay too, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I'm not going to, let me just throw this in here for some of us. I wouldn't plan on doing this. Remember the, remember the slaves in the ancient times? It was, it was legal under the law. God never was for slavery, but, but he dealt with it. And the way I look at it, the way I read how God dealt with it, that slave, after a certain period of time, by law, he could go free. And the slave owner said, you can go now. You've fulfilled your time, and you can go. And that's what they would do. They'd head out. But once in a while, there was a slave. He said, Master, you treated me good while I was here. Treated my family good. You fed me. You kept me. I worked. I worked hard. Treated me good. And they'd say, I don't want to go. I want to stay. So they would put their ear to the doorpost of the house. And the master would take an awl, a punch, and drive a hole through the slave's ear. What did that mean? That meant that he was a slave by choice. You know what? 
Christianity today wants to be everything but a slave. Let me tell you what. A, a, a better word for Christianity is slave. Now, we don't like that because, of course, in this country, especially the slavery that we fought a war to change and get out of, and, and, and there's still people fighting that right now. That's done, folks. That's over with. That is no more. All right? And, but, but because of that, you know, we have folks that, you know, like, oh, we can't call it slavery. That just looked bad. And I understand that. I understand that. But slavery is a better word than Christian if you want to look at it. But, but there were folks that chose to be a slave. And when they went to the marketplace, everybody knew by the mark he's a slave or she's a slave, but they're a slave by choice. I'm wondering what God would do if we took on that approach. We don't want it to cost us nothing. Hallelujah. We want it all to happen, but we don't want no cross. We don't want this, we don't want no burnt sacrifice, especially if we're the ones getting burnt. Amen. I'm just feeling I'm touching on something right now. When you pray, and we're gonna to pray together right now. You can do what you want, you can go to the level that you want, don't matter to me. Amen. But I just feel like telling you this. Amen. God, there's listen, there's no limit to what God would do for his people. Everything he owns, everything he owns, he's willing to give it to you. Hallelujah. God. In the name of Jesus. If it's appropriate, why don't you just reach over and touch your brother, your sister, join hands, put your hand on the shoulder. Amen. We're going to pray one for another. My brother needs help right now. My sister has some struggles. Amen. That she's going through right now. Amen. We thank you for this move of your spirit. We thank you for this anointing right now, God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Uh, our prayer today, Lord. Our prayer, God. Hallelujah, that we get this understanding, that we receive your blessing in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Give us strength to repent. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, moving of your spirit, moving of your spirit in each one of us, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, what a sweet spirit. What a sweet spirit. Woe is me in your presence, God.
That's right. Come on, receive this from the Lord. Worship just flowed. And I'm absolutely sure we're going to leave here being changed. Not coming here the way we were. My hands this morning was actually frozen, could not move. I told my mom and wife. I lifted a lot of boxes. But I came in here, deliberately worship God and thank Him for what you have done for me. And I lift my hand and start worshiping. There's no pain. There's no pain in this hand. I, could, I told Brother Harry, when you worship God and you love Him, we worship Him because of who He is. He's the God of our lives. Amen? Praise God. Let's thank Him one more time. Lord, we just thank You, Lord Jesus, for Your great presence, God. We thank You for what You have done, Lord. We're leaving here, God. Just be blessed, God, of you, Lord. You're a strength of our lives. You're everything, Lord, we need. We thank you, Lord. We give honor. We give praise to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Let's go out here. Be blessed. Let's go out here. Be witnesses for God. Praise God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. You're this, you're, remember, children's church on Wednesday night? You, praise God. Bless you, you're dismissed.